Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. We are back, everybody. This is the No More Leadership BS podcast, and we're looking to have leadership conversations around issues, topics, situations, cut out the BS. And what do we mean by that? There's a lot of things that happen that we get advice from folks who don't quite know what they're talking about. I give super lofty advice that sound great. It's super good in a chapter. Not so great when you put to action. We're going to try to put some of our behaviors into action and show you how we've done some things along the way. And most importantly, we have a great group of people here to share experiences and hopefully prompt your thought processes. So I'll go over first to tech genius fancy pants, Geoff McLaughlin. Yep, I just see this one, right? <laughs> I'm just happy I'm on. I'm, I'm happy that the, the 37th attempt at making the meeting worked. So thank you all for being, <laughs> putting up with my incredible skills. That's a They're amazing. What's that? They're amazing. That? Just click the link. And that, uh, that comment was from our Jeff. They love, I love it when you call me Big Papa Conroy. Jeff, what's up uh, today? How you doing? <laughs> I'm ready, man. I'm co- I'm coffee. Sorry, caffeinated up and ready to rock. These guys, Kathy's caffeinated up. He said it first, folks. You heard it. Put on a bumper sticker. Send it to your family. Myra, let's <laughs> talk to you for a second. How are you doing this morning? I am totally adopting caffeinated up. I love that. I am caffeinated <laughs> this morning, ready to go. Apparently not. I'm not caffeinated. Hey, Mark, <laughs> we own it. That's going on t-shirts. And uh, uh, last, of course, not least, Jeff Geyer. Jeff, it's good to see you today. Thanks, Sam. It's good to see you all, too. Uh, where are the donuts? Zoom <laughs> <laughs> donuts. I was told uh, it's in my contract. I got to have donuts. <laughs> I want that contract. No, not the kind you sit on, an actual. Yeah, exactly. Right yeah, right. <laughs> I want to eat one, not sit on it, right? Yeah. So I did not introduce myself. I am Sam Jennings. I own and operate 360 Clarity. And that name came about because I like to look at things from all perspectives possible, at least from my point of view, and get that clarity. That's what a lot of folks seem to be missing, and myself included sometimes. We all need help and assistance and get the outside perspective to see things we don't quite see from our own point of view. So we're here to talk about those exact things. Stuff that you're doing, things that are going well, things that aren't going quite right. And hopefully you can gain some nuggets and put them into practice. So today we're going to talk about basically being a human and how hard it is. And if that's not a big enough topic for you, let's whittle it down just a skosh. One of the things that is popular, comes up in social media a lot, particularly in leadership groups, is this idea of empathy. And I'm going to say I'm going to use empathic and empathetic because I don't know which one to choose. So it's going to be both. That's just we're going to live with that. And secondarily, people think empathy is one of those things that is just innate. You either have empathy, you can show it, or you don't. And that's not quite the case. So it's one of these durable skills, which, by the way, that's a phrase I learned this week. 
not soft skills, not people skills, durable skills that helps people build these connections. And as a leader, if you don't have connections with your people, then you might just be on a walk by yourself. If you've got connections and you've got good relationships, you're going to have a great team, but you can't have a great team without having some empathy for their circumstances and situations that they're in. So I'm going to uh, ask Jeff and Myra, and you get to choose which Jeff audience. It's, it's a lottery. Put in your, <laughs> put in the chat in the Facebook page, which Jeff goes first. That's your guess. Can you throw it out there? Ooh, 33% oh, this game. Yeah, it's a, to name that Jeff. 33.33333333% chance. <laughs> Repeating, if you're running a business, you got a lot of decisions to make. And they can be overwhelming. There's too many. Have you ever stopped and said, there's so many decisions to make. There's so much stuff to do. I can't do it strategically. So I'll just go scattershot. I'll just do a little bit of everything. That doesn't make any sense. If you're trying to run an efficient operation and you've got a lot on your plate, you slow down and you take a look and you see what makes most sense. So empathy comes into play in this case. I've got too many things to think about. I can't slow down to think about how other people are going to react. Okay. So if you're not concerned about how people will react, you won't have any idea what to expect or what's coming. Therefore, when that reaction comes that you didn't think about in advance, it is another surprise and yet more stuff to think about. But if you put some energy in the front end and put yourself in somebody else's situation, somebody else's circumstance and think, what might they do? You can start to mitigate things before they even happen. And so I'll talk to you. Uh, hey, it rhymes. Myra and Geyer. Meyer and Geyer. <laughs> I like that. I got opportunity. Yeah, we're coughing. We've got Meyer and Geyer. I'm going to ask you if you have circumstances you've seen where once you realized that slowing down to think about how other people were going to possibly react to a decision you're making or a change in practice, that it helped you compared to a situation where you didn't. And you jumped in, made a choice, and just went with it. And that's a big ask. So as you're thinking about it, I'll share very briefly that I wasn't always with much emotional intelligence. It was something I learned along the way. I'll talk about that later. But as we move ahead, the whole point of this for our listeners is to think about situations where you may not have had the experience, but you can get there. And it is possible. So we're going to hear these stories and hopefully get us to a point where we can have uh, some good debate. And Myra, do you happen to have something in mind you can share? I'm trying to think. I've made a whole bunch of those mistakes. I made What's your favorite? My favorite? Uh, I, I, oh, my, I don't think I want to tell it on the podcast. friends <laughs> <laughs> here. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, it, you just bring out such a good point. And something that I have learned relatively recently is to slow down to speed up. And if you don't slow down to look at the big picture, then you're, gonna, you're going to end up in a bigger mess than if you had. And it may look like at the front that it's a time-saving move. Just go ahead. And whenever you don't take other people into consideration, you're going to have problems. Because everybody's the center of their own universe. And they think about how it's affecting them, not necessarily about how it's affecting you. And, and take it personally. So part of the emotional intelligence is realizing it's never about you. 
it's always it's always caused by the other person's reasoning. So empathy is to me that's where empathy comes from. I probably have learned that lesson too many times to count. I'm a slow learner, but I think the last time took. I think the last time took. But you, Geyer, uh, that's good. I was thinking. At first, Sam, when you were talking about does empathy and strategic planning or making decisions amongst a lot of different options, are those things, can you have that that strategic planning or the making decisions and empathy at the same time, or are they mutually exclusive? And I think you can have them at the same time. And, and one of the reasons they don't come at the same time is because we haven't taken the time or invested the, the time up front to build relationships with the the people that our decision is going to impact. The, the definition of empathy is understanding or being aware of or being sensitive to the feelings and thoughts of other people. If you're not aware of those feelings and thoughts of other people, then you have to stop and become aware of them before you make the decision. So how, how about if we're aware of the feelings and thoughts of other people prior to, and then we can we don't have to slow down. There, there's a, there's my first thing about slow down to go faster is true. You have to invest the time somewhere, but invest in the time when you're in the heat of battle, so to speak, and you have all these decisions to make or a decision to make out of numerous options. It feels, boy, I just can't do that. So we damn the empathy. I don't care what they think. I'm going to make my decision. And that's really because you haven't invested the time earlier up front to build relationships with these of people to find out what they feel like and how they think and how they operate. And boy, don't get me down the, the, the road of getting disc assessments and knowing people's behavioral profiles and those kind of things. But you could do them both at the same time. You have to invest that the time and energy. And I, I would do it up front instead of when you're in the heat of battle. So I have a question I got to throw out there to you, Jennifer. So what happens when you do and you've made a mess? What is the best thing you can do to keep things going forward and going your direction. When after you've made a mess, I'm I'm assuming you mean you made a you, decision you, and, and you didn't show any impact. What can as a leader? What can you do to keep your team moving forward? What's the best thing to do? What would you want a leader to do for you? After they've made a mess, after they've made me feel like my my thoughts and feelings and actions don't matter. Now, during the heat of battle, you are going to have to stop as a leader and and probably go one-on-one with these people that you've, as Myra's put it, you've made a mess on them and go to them and explain, be, oh, here we go, be empathetic, maybe. That's so foreign. I know. That would be apple circle. Because what I've experienced, Myra, is when that happens, and the leader go, yeah, I screwed that up. So then they go to the people that they made the mess on and make excuses to why they have a mess on them and, and usually try to put it on someone else or maybe even on them instead of the leader taking the responsibility. And, and I'm here to tell you, you know, if you've made a mess of something, you need to as quickly as you can uh, go to people individually. Don't do it in a big group setting because it's not personal in a big group setting. Go to them. Um, individually say, look, I made a mess of this thing and I did that completely on my own. And I'm not sure exactly why I I didn't consider your um, position and I'm here to commit to you. That'll never happen again. Can we begin to work through this or put your own words on it? But you have to be 
you have to be open and honest and vulnerable. There's another big word to get your team together because without, now we're back at, now I'm, my mind's going to, who is it? Uh, Lencioni's book or no. Yeah. The five dysfunctions of a team, the bottom, um, dysfunction of a team is a lack of trust. And boy, once you've shown a lack of empathy, people aren't going to trust you. So now you got to build the trust. And you just made it, made my point. So is it's what you can do or what you could do, not what you necessarily should do. I, I, I made the point. Awesome. You have my Venmo, right? You can just send me the money now. <laughs> how does that, I don't know how that works. How does that work? Does McLaughlin look like he just came out of something about Mary? Say so no, right? Look at his hair. <laughs> <laughs> and the camera moving around I just reminds me of Blair Witch Project, man. <laughs> Something about Mary. Shake my seat. <laughs> there you go. There, here's a movie reference for you, folks. Send it, send an email to ask us at leadershipbs.co. And if you know that Conroy just said McLaughlin's hair looks like he just came out of the movie Something About Mary, send us a little email. And tell us what that movie reference means. <laughs> In, Eastern, in, Oregon, in, in Eastern Oregon, that, Eastern Oregon, that's a movie about with uh, Ben Stiller and uh, Carmen Diaz. And, yeah. Should be coming to theaters near you anytime. And you now. never put the beans above the Franks. <laughs> never put the beans above the Franks. <laughs> There's another. Well, I, that's a great uh, push into the wrong direction there, Kung. I appreciate that. So we're going to come to you next year pretty quick. And we're going to talk a little bit about, I mentioned early on, that empathy can be learned. And when I was a younger professional, I was relatively driven. I wouldn't say I was, you know, maniacal, but I had a pretty good focus on where I wanted my career to go. Definitely competitive. Absolutely linear. I got a math degree, so I'm, I've got a linear in my core. <laughs> Definitely, math. Definitely math. Um, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Math is fun. Intentional, <laughs> you know, focused on what I wanted to do and why. And I wasn't empathic at all. In an example of that, I was with some, some friends of mine. And they're both had more experience than me. And we were talking about as a group, like with uh, a bunch of the people having to fire people. And they're like, oh, that's the worst. And I said, why? Don't you feel bad? So, no, not particular. And they both just kind of stared and looked at me. Why? I said, because sometimes it has to happen, whether it's my you know, choice, their actions, some kind of a budget cut or something. What do I have to be emotional about? It's it sucks and let's move on. And they're like, really? They said, and they're and they're both agreeing. Like, I get the Kleenexes and we're all weepy and teary and how can I help you move? I don't understand what you're talking about. You don't feel anything? I said, yes, but once I get done with that, I said, okay, now let's get your resume worked up. Let's make sure you get a place to go. Let's make sure you get the next thing on your career path. I didn't understand for years after that was the emotion that those people are going through when they're being terminated for whatever reason, even if they're begging for it, their behavior just saying, please fire me. Even then, it's a big life change. There's still some empathy that can go into that, even if you're crusty about having to do it. My transition is I was teasing in the green room where I went from a robot to a real live boy. I was working with some students who were leaving high school to go to an advanced education program at college. And once I actually stopped to think about the risk that these 16-year-olds, 14 to 16-year-olds were taking, to change their lives for this better thing. And then some of them failed. Some of them had to go back home after just a few months of trying because they weren't succeeding at the college level. What an incredible risk they were taking. And it went from, y'all just aren't studying hard enough to, oh my gosh, what do we do to help these people realize that their old habits aren't going to get them through in this new space? 
And then that was the transition. That was far too long in my career to finally have that awakening by God there. So I'm sharing that story because if you yourself find that you're lacking in empathy or you have a boss that is lacking in empathy, it can be learned. And it just takes a different twist on uh, a sympathetic experience. You don't have to have it happen to you to appreciate it. It can be difficult. And just start with small things. Small things are easy, and then you can work into, you know, have a little bit bigger worldview on how folks might react to, to big issues. So all that storytelling, we're going to pause that uh, narrative for a second. But I want to ask Conrad, because you've mentioned a story before where you were a type of leader, and then that changed for the, for the better, I will say. Do you mind giving us a quick recap of that uh, transition? No. Okay. Thank no, you for that. Just... <laughs> no, I don't mind. No. <laughs> No, I told the story before. I'm a believer that you lead the way you were led. And I grew up in Eastern Oregon. My my parents ran restaurants and I watched my father and the way he led. So when I became a leader eons ago, I thought that's the way you led people, which was do as I say. And I would get frustrated and angry. I threw coffee cups. I didn't know I did it so much that when I left one position to move to another position, my going away gift was five coffee cups. And one said Monday, one said Tuesday, one said Wednesday. Um, <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Then I got turned on to Gonzaga University's leadership program and was able to go through, the, get exposed. And I started reading Stephen Covey, Zig Ziglar, John Maxwell's The Standards. But then when you go to, to, to school to work on your master's, and I've done some, some doctoral work as well, as well it's just really expensive. <laughs> yeah, you get turned on to Martin Luther King and, and Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama and great books, uh, Larry Spears. Uh, you, get, you get some really good stuff and you start opening your mind. And I started figuring out that being a servant leader gets you a lot more respect gets you a lot more collaboration and you get a lot more work done i really wasn't and to this day i'm somewhat embarrassed about the way i acted but that's why i, I really pushed the servant leader team building we not me mentality when working with people it's not just about me it's about the team it's about bringing everyone together drawing the best out of people and moving in the right direction and i've been somewhat successful at it it's amazing Working with leaders now, it's amazing how some leaders still don't get that. And I'm and, and I tell them here, take it from me. If you think you're leading people and you're not, you're on a long, lonely journey by yourself. And I was. And to to go back and bring out the best in other people, one, there's no better feeling than that. And two, the things you get accomplished are exponential. And uh, I highly recommend that. Yeah. Don't throw coffee cups. Drink coffee. Don't throw coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was there coffee in the cups when you threw it? Because that's like a criminal offense. Yeah, that's that's, that's coffee like a, abuse. That's like no. coffee abuse, man. That's that's no. not okay. No, but the thing <laughs> is, with the Boy Scouts, every event and every activity comes with a coffee cup, so there was no shortage of coffee cups. <laughs> so yeah, I laugh about it now. I mean, this was oh, Jesus, almost twenty years later. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a, le a, a lesson learned and. It's something that the way I've raised my kids and, and I've got three kids that are pretty decent leaders and I'm pretty impressed. And it works. It works. The F part. Trust me, man. It works. Yeah. And we're, we're sharing these stories because we've not necessarily screwed it up, but didn't know a better way until no. we were awakened right. to a better way. Yeah. And and I've used this quote like three times this week. 
Maya Angelou, do the best you can to better. We know better. Do better. Um, yep. So we're going to yep. keep on trucking here. We're down to, to a few minutes left, but I want to make sure we call on Geoff, our professionals at play. And, and I want to wrap up with you because people can say that empathy can be a hindrance. Too much of anything is too much. And when you have your trainings and, and seminars and it's playtime, professionals at play, people may have the same kind of consideration. Well, too much play means nobody's going to be doing anything. You know, I would like to get your insights on, give a, a sense as to when play and empathy, I'm using those things aren't necessarily related, but they can be, when they are appropriate and when they're not as appropriate, and when it's time to, to wind down to a different emotion to get to the business ahead. So that is a super unclear question. And if you want to try it again, I'll do it. <laughs> no, I think I got it because, yeah, my, my world is play. And I love that because it does help to create empathy. If you can take two human beings and you can play, that barrier gets broken down because generally they're going to have some joy and laughter, right? So they start to get to know each other. As soon as you start to know somebody's story, you start to create automatically in your brain connections with that person. And that, that creates that empathetic path. However, there is a time. You can't just play all the time. If you played all the time, nothing would get done. And that is totally true. So you have to be able to transition from how do we build that team culture? How do we build that, that empathy within our team so that they are successful with each other so that they can work together? If you've had those experiences, if you have enough empathy with somebody, if you have enough trust, you can then push back and do it in an empathetic way. I love our group. We can be pretty sarcastic. We can be, we can give each other a big, we can poke each other a little bit because why? We have that relationship. We've laughed together and we respect each other. So that respect has come through getting to know each other and uh, recognizing our different skill sets. And when you do that, that, that transition to uh, serious hard work where we're challenged, if we're really challenged and we need everybody to step up their game, you can do that if you've built the path first. But if you don't have any empathy at all, it was funny. It's, I was, as we were as listening to you guys, specifically you, Dr. Sam, like my family has a whole thing. We, we say there's two kinds of people in the world. There's bots and roids. The bots are the ones that get things done because they're darn computers. And the roids are the pain in the ass of the computers. That's our entire role. And, but those are the two kinds of people. And, but it takes both of them to make the world go round. We need each other. We are human species of people that are, yeah, we've got different skill sets, all that kind of stuff, but we, we need each other to be successful. Nobody does it on their own. I love what you said about my Angelou's quote. That's totally true. Go slow to go fast. And then like when you said firing people, there's some people that are literally begging to be fired, begging to be fired. Larry Winget, his, his book, Grow Up Hair. Yeah. You're not doing your job. Duh. You're fired. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say it. Like telling people the truth sometimes is challenging. You don't have to be a total jerk about it and you can have empathy. But at the same time, if somebody's not doing their job, there's either a, a lack of clarity or be a lack of purpose. And it's hard to have empathy with somebody who is not kind, who is a jerk and doesn't do their job. Like at that point, you're just, yeah, I really don't care. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if any, I don't know how, if, if even any amount of play can change that. Cause you're just like, I, I don't want to play with that person. <laughs> yeah. Don't you, that, isn't that part of the synergistic effort? And when you walk, work around amazing people, don't you personally, I feed off that. So yeah. I, I love that whole, so the best leadership advice I ever got was don't be an asshole. It's pretty <laughs> simple. That'd be a great book. Simple. I'd read that one. Yeah. <laughs>
Sure. Being like, okay, so give me a baseline, right? Yeah. If this episode has moved you to take action, as coaches, we typically don't say, here's what you ought to do. I'm going to give you an ought not if you can be so bold. Please don't go to work tomorrow morning, walk into the office or get on your Zoom and just announce to everybody, hey, I've been empathized. I'm going to be empathy now. I can. <laughs> Right? Because what's that mean? A and B, if you don't have a plan to move forward, it's going to flop. And then what? So start small. We've mentioned this already. Find one small way that you can start to think about empathy in a different way. Maybe it's something so simple as uh, meetings that you hold. Maybe it's two business routes right the bat. Maybe there's a chance for a quick conversation to make people have more willingness to engage in the conversation. The biggest piece of this puzzle is please don't try just to do it. Just jump in and just launch. Talk to somebody you like, know, and trust about what this means. And more importantly, to have you unpack your stories and think about what have you done that empathy could have been a nice tool to have used, but you didn't have it. You know, hold it right at that point. So we'll have those conversations like we've talked about. We're coaches. We do that. People who can do this for you as well. Again, like we said, probably not somebody in your chain of command. Probably somebody who doesn't have an influence in your value. A third party who's got some objective views can help you see what's going on and help you work through these kind of things. We're here to do it. So we're here to help. And if it's not us, pick someone, anyone. Get on this empathy path and get moving. Just improve a little bit. So with that, we're going to wrap it up. But I want to ask our awesome team here, give any other insights we haven't covered so far on this any tiny minuscule topic of empathy. Don't be an asshole. It sums it up perfectly. That's like a true, wait a minute. <laughs> the tour words never spoken. Right. right. Should, be, should be a bumper sticker. Well, well, sure. I think it is. That, I, 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 yeah. As aggressive as that is, that absolutely is no BS. We, we all learned it when we were younger. How do you, do you catch more flies with honey? Or, and there's all kinds of... Uh, these sayings of things, but bees with honey, bees or whatever with it is, honey. But, flies but, land on garbage. And we could go everywhere. The flip side of don't be an asshole coin is, hey, why don't you just be nice to people? Mm. Well, especially today. Yeah. Be kind. Be, be kind. kind. So that's foreign, it's foreign to a lot of people. Yep. Uh, to that point, you know, look at your, your profit and loss statement, look at your budget and see how much you can afford to be a decent human. I think it's in there. I think you make it work out. Yep. So that conversation stopper. Jeez, <laughs> we're booger in the principal root. Legal department just called me and said, hey, not everybody that's listening to you guys is an asshole. No. <laughs> and we appreciate that listener in Eastern Oregon for hanging out with us this long. Over 70,000 downloads. Very busy single listener. Thank you all for listening. If you're subscribing, we appreciate that. If you haven't yet, please do so. We'll make sure that you don't miss a single episode of our nuttiness and uh, hopefully woven in some decent advice for you to continue to improve on your leadership journey. So I'm Dr. Sam. We are No More Leadership BS. And that's a wrap, folks. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.